0: I'm Satya Nelms, and this is Our Mother's Gardens. On this show, we discuss the seeds our mother sowed in us, the ways we have grown, and how we learn to blossom. In this space, Black women that have learned to define success on their own terms share stories of their beginnings, healing, and thriving. Welcome and thank you for being a part of this community of mamas, grandmamas, aunties, sisters, cousins, daughters, and friends. Shanti Myers is the owner of the lifestyle brand, The Sable Collective, and co-creator of the influencer brand, Around the Way Curls. No matter her business or creative venture, her focuses are self-discovery, self-recovery, and community engagement. Shanti is a mother to a lovely daughter, and they live together in Philadelphia. Okay, so to get started, I would just like to know... How you define a mother?
1: Okay. Um, hm So what is mother being a mother to me? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think basically, uh, being a mother to me is raising your children utilizing all of the resources um, that you have to ensure that tradition and knowledge and love and um, humanity is being passed down to your next uh, generation Mm. and the resources and the tools and the capacity in which we all have varies,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: I think in whatever way that we um, do that, however intentionally or however unconsciously, that's what is um, that's what's being that's what's happening. Yeah.
0: And how, how do you think that you've come to this definition? Like, is this, how has that, the, your definition of what it means to be a mother evolved over time?
1: I mean, it comes from my own experiences once being a child mm-hmm. and being dependent on my own mom. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what I know, um, and a lot of what I don't know has to do with my, my upbringing. Mm -hmm. Um, and me using my upbringing and my relationship with my mother and my parents as a point of reference for how, for what I'm passing on to my daughter, Mm -hmm. um, kind of like all that I, that I know Mm -hmm. and you know, um, culturally just what, what's happening socially. Mm -hmm. what I take and what I learn um, I also want to kind of pass down to her so it's kind of like as a mother you're kind of taking from so many different sources Mm
2: -hmm. um,
1: and it's this act of sharing it with with your children Mm -hmm. Um, again however intentionally or you know unconsciously it's happening Mm
0: mm-hmm so, what from your upbringing have you chosen to take from and pass along to your to your child?
1: Um, my my mom, to the best of her ability, um, never. I never felt like I was a burden to mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. You know, she always she always loved. I knew that she loved being a mother mm-hmm. um, and she's always been very conscious about being present in your mothering
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and being present with your kid and she always talks about like getting down on their level mm-hmm. and getting down, getting down in that kind of space energetically that children exist in mm-hmm. and, um, and it's, it's something that's hard to do but it's something that I, I i i remember her like playing with me and being really present with me mm-hmm. and i never felt like she was just throwing me crumbs or being insincere she was always like when she was present when she was playing i remember it and i can recall those um memories deeply they like made impressions on me mm-hmm. and I, and and as a mother and then her as a grandmother that's kind of her what she passes on me, like you got to be present. Kids know when you're not being present. Kids know when you're not being sincere, mm-hmm. and like that—that's that's your priority. Um, and so, I—I I hope that, hope that I'm able to do that with my daughter.
0: Mm. When you think back on your childhood, how do you remember your mother? outside of, you know, what you are taking from her, you know, mothering and, you know, passing on with your own child, what other memories of your mother do you carry?
1: I remember, um, I remember the bangles on her arm. I remember her, um, always creating spaces that were beautiful. She cared very much about the environment of the home. Mm-hmm. I remember as much as she could be present when she was with me, I also remember her being very uh, were distracted with mm-hmm. her own personal things. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of emotional, um, dynamics about my mom that at a young age I became very close, like very involved with Mm -hmm. and and entangled in Mm -hmm. that I, I, I try my best not to put on my own daughter that I felt at a very young age, I was almost parentalized Mm -hmm. in that way with her, Mm -hmm. um, and i remember her love of nature there was always nature and there was a spontaneity and um an excitableness about her
0: mhm
1: um yeah that's that's what i remember
0: so going back to what you said about you know feeling as though there were things that you were pulled into that caused you to be put in you know kind of in the role of a parent how did that feel for you as you you know transitioned from childhood into adolescence how did your you know relationship with your mother shift as you got older
1: I um I saw a meme I wish I could find it but it's something you know it had the face where there's two different Different images next to each other. One is the scowling face of kind of like disapproval, and then the other face is like you're smiling and it's kind of like, oh, all right. Mm -hmm. For the scowling face, it said, like, you know, basically, again, being parentalized and having to kind of manage your parent's emotional um, world Mm -hmm. and being very a part of it. And then that was like the bad face, and then a happy face is like, developing psychic abilities and it's kind of like <laughs> i learned how to i i came out of my childhood being very empathetic mm-hmm. and very connected and able to sense people's feelings mm-hmm. and care about them and being able to like show up for them if not hold people's feelings in a in a in a particular way where people feel safe and people feel like they can share things with me they don't have to like put on a front Mm -hmm. so it in that way it it helped me at a very young age to develop a high emotional intelligence
2: Mm -hmm.
1: also it made me unable to differentiate and 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 acknowledge and know what my needs were You know, Uh, it was like somebody uh else's needs. Oh, I see this person's upset. Regardless of how I'm feeling, how can I help them? or How can I hold space for them? Or how can I Uh like, how can I show up for them? Even if it's just like being really quiet and and avoiding them, you know? Uh And what ends up happening is that a lot of my needs Uh um, weren't being met and not even realizing that it's okay for me to have needs. So this is kind of like the stuff as a thirty three year old wo- woman that I'm kind of uncovering in myself um, mm. So my own relationship patterns and like repeating the same thing but uh yeah so high high emotional intelligence, but lo- kind of feeling lost or unable to have my own needs met has been a result of what I learned um, mm. in my relationship with my mom mm
0: So you mentioned, you know, that when you were a child, when your mom played with you, it felt like she was sincere and she was all the way present. What were some other ways or were there other ways in which the way that your mom mothered you felt aligned with what you needed, like felt attuned to who you are? specifically and uniquely you
1: they they gave me she gave me a lot of space to be my to 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 explore I think I'm an I'm a curious person I think I'm highly independent Mm -hmm. and there was never it's kind of like a thin line and sometimes I'm resentful of the fact that I didn't have so much structure but also I'm grateful for it because had I had a mother that was like, oh, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, and I had high, like, these really um, high expectations. Not to say that she didn't, but Mm -hmm. had I had a more micromanaging mother, I probably wouldn't have felt the sense of freedom and independence and um, confidence in Mm -hmm. some ways that I gained. So Mm -hmm. for her, just letting me be um, has always been you know, really important to my own
0: development. Hmm. And what did you what did you need that maybe you didn't get? What was challenging you know, about the way that that your mother mothered you? You know, you spoke to feeling like you needed to be, you know, the parent sometimes. What were, you know, some other things that you Specifically needed that you were challenged to receive.
1: I think um, similar to what I just said before is, I wish I had a little bit more direction, though. You know, mm-hmm. I wish I wish I was given freedom to explore things that I liked. But once I found the things that I liked, I wish I had the structure and the encouragement to pursue them and to mm-hmm. focus in on them mm-hmm. and to not give up and to develop. Skills and to be in practice of doing hard things.
2: Mm.
1: Um, And I think I just had a little bit too much freedom. Mm -hmm. That there, there wasn't any like, it just wasn't structure. Or Mm -hmm. I I don't think she had the capacity Mm -hmm. to because she was always managing her own Mm -hmm. stuff to to help me manage to help me develop a skill in in managing my own.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, So in high
1: school, there was just a lot of wandering around and a lot of projects that I didn't do, Mm -hmm. and a lot of classes that I could have really excelled in had I had somebody over my shoulder saying, you got this, you can do this, Mm -hmm. you're competent enough to do it. But a lot of stuff I just just avoided because I didn't have anybody watching.
0: Mm. Have you talked to your mother about any of this? As you've become an adult and have processed, you know, all of this, have you ever talked with her about it?
1: Yeah, we talk about it all the time, and that's something mm-hmm. that I that I really love
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, about my mom is that she's very aware of, you know, what happened, the, the things that happened, and what she's very aware and, and a, I don't know if she's apologetic as much as. She's like, yeah, man. I was dealing with a lot. I just, I didn't have it in me um, mm. to do. And also, like, you know, the, the gender roles or the respons- assumed responsibilities of who is supposed to be mm. um, taking mm. care of the kids and, and deeply invested in their in their lives and, and who they become. You know, mm-hmm. I think that because I, my father was in my life and, and is now. They divorced when I was 15 and I think mm-hmm. that was a lot of, that was like a pivotal time that
2: mm-hmm.
1: I probably needed a lot of attention but they were so wrapped up in their own personal lives that I kind of slipped through the cracks but mm-hmm. also, I have two parents, yeah. you know? And yeah. I, I don't know how reasonable it is for me to put, to, to put all of that on her
2: mm. uh, and not you know,
0: where, where, where was my dad? hmm how... mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is so true. There are, you know, I think part of the reason that we sometimes have these, you know, complicated relationships with our mothers is because there are expectations that are placed upon someone who is in that role that aren't put on any other role on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> but, Not you know, fair. yeah. Yeah, that person, that person who is your, you know, mother is supposed to be all of all of these things. And when you think about mm. all of the things that they're supposed to be, you wonder how someone is supposed to be all of those things and human. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so
1: wild. And then I connect that to and I'm I've just been connecting it to how we kind of do the same thing with partners as well mm-hmm. you know like there's how we expect our partners to be like fit all of these roles in our lives as well mm-hmm. and it's just you know it's just interesting these expectations that we have around these roles of who a mother is who a father is mm-hmm. who a partner is in your life and if we really look closely there's you're kind of setting folks up to to fail, because there isn't that, you know, that humanity that, Mm -hmm. that you know, that deserves compassion.
0: Yeah. And how are you, how are you allowing your own child to see your humanity?
1: I apologize a lot. Mm -hmm. I explain things a lot. I, I ask her a lot of questions hmm uh-huh. um yeah it's just a lot of like hey i'm sorry uh-huh. or or and also asking her to be a part of to be active in the relationship and like i need help i need you to do this this can't just be me you
2: uh-huh. know uh-huh.
1: and um she's nine now. It's not something, it's not a conversation you can have with a four-year-old,
2: but, mm-hmm. um,
1: I think she, she gets it. She's, or at least she's, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what she's yeah. 18, 21. What, what? We'll see. what She comes up with.
0: <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Um, so, do you feel that you were mothered by anyone outside of your mother? Um, oh
1: wow, yeah, yeah, absolutely um so I'm biracial, my mom's white,
2: mhm,
1: my dad's black, and we have just interesting family dynamics with being a blended family, and my mom has children by another um shares children with another man that she doesn't share with my my dad
2: mhm
1: and um, there was a time where she was left me with my dad so that she could, you know, try and parent her other children because it was also bi-coastal.
2: Mm. Uh, they lived in the
1: West Coast, we were on the West, East Coast. So it was very... Really, thinking back on what my mom experienced is almost unimaginable to me.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: um, so she was trying to manage that. And at one point she left me with my dad who, again, you know, just didn't feel... He was never taught or ever challenged himself to kind of parent differently Mm
2: -hmm. and more
1: actively. And so I was also homeschooled, so I was alone a lot, and I Mm -hmm. missed my mom very much. And it turned out that my homeschooler was this amazing black woman named Kutia Mm -hmm. who recognized my, and she didn't have any children, so she kind of had a loneliness and she wasn't partnered either. She was a single woman who kind of recognized, um, we kind of fit together. Mm -hmm. And she took me under her, her wing and just introduced me to like her family. And if, had she not been in my life at that time, that probably would have been a really traumatic hard experience for Mm. me to be away from my mom, Mm -hmm. to be alone, Mm -hmm. but she just kind of enriched my life. And yeah, she just, she just definitely, um, she being probably the most, um, influential woman Mm. in my life, but yeah, definitely. And And I, and I would hope that same thing for my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um because some things I just can't give her that mm-hmm. somebody else can. And mm-hmm. that's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what do you feel what do you think you learned from being mothered by this woman?
1: Oh man, I just you know, I just learned what like black aunties were. <laughs> I learned music. I learned you know, all about the cookouts I learned the just the love and the humor and the brilliance of black women from her mm. I just was mesmerized by her the way she talked, the way she laughed how you know, she, she is that like um, that black auntie that will like, will say whatever she wants to stay out of her mouth <laughs> whoever. and she, she was just brilliant and she loved she was also like my first entry point in a way that my mom hadn't mastered or tried yet into like self care so she mm-hmm. was very much into exercising and like having hobbies and also she loved beautifying her space and she just yeah she just introduced me to a whole a whole new world that, that I, that I now, you know, is very much a part of my world and my way of being Mm. that I would have never gotten. Mm. I don't know if I would never gotten, but it would have just been a different kind of entry point. Mm. And if my mom were there, I don't think she would have allowed that relationship to, she would, may have not felt as comfortable with that relationship blossoming. Hmm.
0: And how long were you with your dad? How long were you able to have that relationship?
1: I don't even know. Maybe less than a year, mm. you know? But mm-hmm. we got so close that when my mom came back, my mom definitely, I think she felt some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they developed their own friendship. So, Kutia just remained in my life. Mm. And, and then she became my godmother. Oh.
0: so is she still in your life today
1: yeah not to the capacity that i wish that she was and this is something that kind of hurts my heart and mm-hmm. i need to be it's my job to pick this up but um mm-hmm. she's going to be mm-hmm.
0: she is yeah yeah so you said you said something that i loved which was you know that you hope that you know your daughter that she has other people the way you had um Kutia so that she is you know because there are things that maybe she needs that she can't get from you that she can get from someone else and it made me think about you know again going back to the way that we perceive motherhood I guess culturally in in America you know as being centered around one person yeah, and why I guess why do you think that is and what is lost by focusing motherhood on one person
1: I don't know I think it goes back to the <laughs> it's just like so much I think it goes back to um, white supremacy in many ways mm-hmm. and like the European culture the nuclear family the the um, patriarchy just like in a lot of cultures you know what's the saying it takes a village to raise a child it's Mm -hmm. like it's intergenerational it's and i feel like black folks in general like naturally you know have adapted um especially without a lot of men being in the in their lives to Mm -hmm. to kind of like help each other out Mm -hmm. um and it's you many aunties and your grandma a lot of children are raised by their grandmother and things like that so but i think it, i think it goes back to this like ideal nuclear family which is mm-hmm. often associated with whiteness of like a two kids pick a picket fence a lawn and mom and dad the dad goes out to work and the mom stays home and like bakes and stays cute kind of thing and i and holds mm-hmm. it all down keeps the family together and you know mm-hmm. these these gender roles that are passed down in the culture of, you know, men being dunces and being dumb. Please stop that. Please mm-hmm. stop that. Sorry. Being okay. dunces and not being invested in, you know, their kids' lives and unable to talk to their kids because, you know, all of these things. So a lot mm-hmm. of it's on it's, a, it's on the women to to keep it all together and make mm-hmm. it look good. Mm-hmm. Um and that's impossible.
2: Mm-hmm. It's just
1: it's just not possible and and again for black women it's like to do to do all of that and do it on your own. Mm. And to do it without cracking. Mhm. Mhm. the added weight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that perception of of what it means to be a, a strong black woman.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and yeah, that, that idea that, you know, strength is at odds with vulnerability. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, given that you know, given the awareness of that stereotype of, you know, or that narrow conception of what a mother is... How do you give yourself space for the for for motherhood to feel more expansive, for there to be room for you, in addition to you being a mother?
1: I'm I'm a single mom, mm-hmm. so it's <laughs> that opportunity. That space is very 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 narrow, mm-hmm. um, but it's almost. And I credit again to my, my mom and my parents, like I, I have to explore and I have to pursue what interests me Mm -hmm. and by any means necessary. Mm So she, she comes along with me, you Mm -hmm. know, she, I, in terms of just being an entrepreneur, I guess that's the closest, that's like the most, it feels like often feels like a conflicting selfish act
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I feel like that's what I I, I can't sacrifice that mm-hmm. um, and it's and it's really hard because sometimes especially when before COVID you know it was me having to do to wear many many hats and there mm-hmm. were often meetings and um Time that I just didn't have to always be present with her, mm-hmm. in the way that I know that she deserves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so right now, it's it's just business and me trying to show her what community is and what women can do mm-hmm. um, collectively, mm-hmm. and trying to. Include her without ripping her of her needs, mm-hmm. which is also really really hard. Robbing her of her needs being met, which is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just walking that fine fine line, and mm. I have not mastered it by any means.
0: Mm. <sighs> I think you know motherhood. Much like, you know, many parts of our journey of life, we keep refining and keep learning and and keep growing and maybe we never completely master it, you know? No, yeah.
1: no. But again, it's kind of like that idea of being better than the... Hopefully, you know, I'll have given her past the baton and it's a little lighter mm. than the the time that my mom passed me, and I'm... Yeah. We're all a little less injured and expected to, like, run this marathon, you mm. know? Yeah. Like, hopefully she will have, have a conditioning and a strength that when I pass something on to her, she's, you know, she's... she's it's go time. She can do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess how... If you were to offer, you know, someone else advice, because I think, I think what you're saying is so important for, you know, anyone who endeavors to mother another person, that concept of passing the baton along and allowing it to be a little lighter, allowing, you know, their journey for them to have less to carry from, you know, the previous generation. And how, how do you do that? How would you tell, you know, what advice would you offer someone in terms of how to make that happen?
1: I think, and and I'm not quite sure if this is the wisest thing because it's not very objective, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but all I can do is is learn from my experiences and again, go back to what my mother taught me and Mm -hmm. For instance, you know, the fact that I felt like my needs weren't always considered, mm-hmm. and I wasn't always offered the practice of one, identifying my needs, and then two, asking for them to be met,
2: mm-hmm.
1: even if I'm scared, even if it's at the expense of somebody else feeling comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's what I tried to show her. Mm. So, like, I'm, like, this is an important skill as a woman, um, as as a a child, as a growing person, to, like, practice, one, kind of knowing how you're feeling, and, two, being able to share it with somebody.
2: Mm. So
1: all I can do is, like, know what I think is important from my own experiences and what I have difficulty with. Mm -hmm. and one kind of like be an example to her Mm -hmm. um in my own reconditioning of myself and then you know of course trying to to push that in her and being interested in what she does and push her to to do hard things and you know focus on her Mm -hmm. self-esteem and know that her intuition is there's wisdom there and to trust it and to um practice trusting it and like that's all I can do because I don't know it I have no other points of reference you know Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and hopefully just like we said before as a community and as from her own knowledge and from other people in her life she can begin to pick up other information around important things that I may not be able to offer her Mm -hmm. and you know use her own um discernment Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah but yeah
0: yeah and how do you hope that your relationship with your daughter will evolve as she gets older
1: I mean she's my friend she's my my best friend right now she cracks me up she (laughs) follows me around she likes me she she you know is dependent on me And, yeah, we have, like, a good time together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I trust her, and I hope that she trusts me, and I just hope that that kind of just grows, Mm -hmm. you know? I've been watching a lot. I don't know if you watch all these shows. Oh, she's behind me making noise. (laughs) I don't know if you watch these shows, but there's all these new shows, like um, Little Fires Everywhere, Mm -hmm. and a show called Euphoria, Mm -hmm. And it kind of shows these different mother-daughter dynamics as well as, like, coming of age as children move away from their parents. Mm -hmm. And it scares the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. Just now, like, that really started scaring me of the thought of her going out into the world and making her own decisions. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Although I'm kind of reckoning with that reality. um, I don't know what it's like to have a teenager... Mm-hmm. But I know, like, sitting across from my mom and, like, having a cup of coffee and laughing and sharing deep things with each other and even being able to talk about, like, my childhood and what my experience was with her. hmm It must be wild. hmm It must be wild. Mm-hmm. Like, be wild. mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't wait to see what her experience, her perspective of what this moment right now is like for her.
2: hmm
1: Mm. and it's scary <laughs> because it may be completely different from what I assume it is yeah. you know um, but I'm I'm excited for it nonetheless
0: and how do you think your experience with you know mothering her how is it informed or affected by being a black mother in particular
1: again it goes back to like passing down culture Mm -hmm. right when you pass down culture you pass down trauma hope um, history um, responsibility and so I feel like and I hope that she has All of that. I hope she feels um, a part of a community Mm -hmm. and feels a sense of identity that she's proud of Mm -hmm. and is that she can associate with her own um, purpose and her own. You know, she Mm -hmm. can account for the ways in which black women in particular have shown up in her life and have enriched her life and taught her things and, you know, um, inspired her. I think that is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I also think, hopefully, that she feels a sense of responsibility and accountability to, to carry on, um, traditions and to break patterns and, you know, traumas and, and Mm -hmm. issues that are very specific to the, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, life as a black woman. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, It's also really interesting because, you know, she goes to the world is even different from when I was younger, Mm -hmm. Um, and like she goes to a predominantly white school now, Mm -hmm. and so it's really where I never did, even though I was biracial. Like a a lot of my life, Mm -hmm. my coming of age were with other black girls mm-hmm. so it's really interesting to 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 know and to watch how that helps form her and form her ideas of herself in the world so mm-hmm. yeah we'll see
0: thank you for listening to this episode of our mother's gardens if you want to support the show you can make a sustaining donation on patreon by visiting our page, Our Mother's Gardens. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Our Mother's Gardens PC. Our Mother's Gardens is a Honey Bunch of Stinkweed production. The podcast features music produced by Pata.